This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 15th, 2017. Hashtag holy, given by Barry Wiseman. Moly, look who's preaching today. I appreciate, I only saw one person leave when Fran mentioned that I was preaching. I really appreciate that. Um, good morning. My family's first Sunday was ironically almost 10 years ago today, November 4th, 2007. We said about right over there where Randy is. And the first song we sang was Friend of God, the same way we opened today. I remember looking at my wife, Joy, and smiling at her and thinking, we're home. That song being sung here just reminded us of Virginia, our church home there. That was kind of our theme song, our anthem. And that song for me had kind of changed my life. It changed my perspective of who God was. The thought that God would want to be my friend. Um, the fact that God, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God, cared about me and wanted to be in a relationship with me. It just blew my mind. How could he think that much of me, insignificant little me, that he would want to be my friend? The song says, he called me friend. He will seek us out. Our God loves us unconditionally. He is our friend. And he longs for a relationship with us. But he is God. And we can never forget that. I think it was Pastor Stephen Furtick one time who said, God is not your homie. God is not your homeboy. He is God. He is the creator of the universe. Psalm 99.9 says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain in Jerusalem. For the Lord our God is holy. God is holy. Our time with God should be holy. That's what we're going to talk about today as we continue our hashtag series. Today, hashtag holy. My name is Barry Wiseman. I'm the director of creative arts and worship here at Connection. And if you had told me 10 years ago when I was sitting there that I'd be here sharing a message with you today, I would have thought you were nuts. But it is such an honor for me to stand here before you today to share God's word. I am a sinner who has been saved by God's unwavering, amazing grace. You can pray with me, please. Father God, you are so holy, and we give this time to you. God, I pray that you settle our hearts. Settle us and help us lean into your word, Lord, and help us just grow closer to you through what we talk about here today. God, I pray for open minds, open hearts as we share, Lord, and we thank you for this place, for this time to worship you in all that we do. We give our hearts and all that we have to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I use my official title when introducing myself, other than my small group laughing at me, when I get to the word worship, people sometimes think, oh, he's a worship leader. He must sing. Why are you all laughing? Man, that's quick. Don't worry. There is a rule that if I do try to sing, the tech team will mute me immediately while the security team bum rushes the stage and knocks me down. It's the same rule with Pastor Allen. Same thing. We think of our worship time together as the singing part of our services. And that's an important part of our time together, but that's just a very small part of what worship really is here. The Greek word most often used for worship is proskuneo, 
and it translates to fall down or fall down before. Google says worship is reverent honor and homage to God. And that is exactly what we should do here on Sunday mornings. All that we do should pay reverent homage to God. We should honor him. The music we play before you walk in the building, the songs we sing, the videos we play, the sermon, the offering, everything we do is part of our worship to honor God. When we're planning out our worship services here, we do our very best to put all the pieces together to create an environment for worship to happen. Worship is not something we can force on people. Worship, true worship, happens within our own hearts as we give ourselves to God. Let's face it, we can lead songs up here and you don't have to listen or sing along. We can pass the offering bag around. No one's forcing you to give anything to the offering bag. We can preach from the stage and no one has, no one has to listen or even stay awake. True worship comes from within all of us as we figuratively or literally fall down before God and honor him with our hearts, our voices, and our hands. By doing this, we're giving everything we can to make this place holy. Patheos.com had about the best definition of holy I could find. Set apart, reverent, and sacred. This time with God, this time worshiping him, should be just that, sacred and reverent. This isn't just another thing to check off your to-do list that you did for the week. This is something important, set apart, and special. Away from the hustle and bustle of our normal lives to worship and make and worship the one who is holy. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. A living and holy sacrifice, putting aside our own sinful nature, that's inherently who we are, and putting all of our trust in God. And when Paul is saying truly, I'm sorry, truly the way to worship him, this means worshiping from our heart, not just going through the motions, not just following some kind of ritual, but truly worshiping from our heart with all we've got, our very soul to worship him. And this is not easy for us. If you're anything like me, you walk through those doors and there's things on your mind, sometimes they get in the way of what God is planning to do for you. It gets in the way and we have a hard time disconnecting from the world and really connecting to God. Our services here at Connection are meant to do just that. So we can take this time in this place and set aside everything we have and worship the Holy One and keep our time holy as we worship. Pastor Allen and Pastor Kerry have quoted Greg, Craig Rochelle before. He's a pastor of uh, Life Church. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. In planning out our services here, we have often lived that by trying to find ways to break down walls people may have when they walk through those doors so they can truly connect to Jesus and the new life he offers. Let's face it, if this is your first time here or you don't come to church very often, this can be a very intimidating place. We um, <clears throat> try to find ways to break down those walls. We'll use videos, we'll use movie clips, we'll use humor and sometimes tears to help break down those walls and make the service real so people can connect with them. But we have to be careful. 
Sometimes in our attempt to do this, we have to be careful not to cross from reverent to irreverent. There's a video that I produced several years ago, and I sat back there in that corner, and I was never so relieved that somebody laughed at the video we had made, because I thought maybe we'd gone a little too far. We were talking about language, and language that's honoring, and things to say and not to say. And I had shot a video of Alan and Carrie speaking in an event, and I edited it, it wasn't a sermon, but I edited it so that every several words they said, I bleeped out. So it looked like they were just cursing like a couple sailors. Now, <clears throat> they had approved it, and they'd seen it, and I had to back off a little bit from the original. I went a little too far the first time, but they had approved it. And the thing is, that video message got the point across about the language we use. It worked. People remembered it. I've never shown it since then. It's not online anywhere. If you want to see, come see me after the service. But if you can't make the connection to the original, it doesn't have the same impact. It kind of goes the other way. But we, we have to make the, the, make the conscious effort to not go too far away from reverence into irreverence. Because reverent is holy. Irreverent is not holy. Irreverent is not worship. But where is that line? I don't know where it is. I've honestly dealt with this, and it's different for all of us. Our feelings about how we treat our church services has changed over the years. I know when I was a kid, I didn't go to church very often, but the thought of wearing jeans to church was just unheard of. My mom would have tanned mine, never mind. Um, I was talking to my mother just a few months ago about um, our youngest son, Mitchell, who wears shorts all the time. Every day, all the miracle is he always wears shorts. And she said, he doesn't wear shorts to church though, right? If you've seen him play drums up here, you know that's not true. He does. And I told her, I said, well, Mom, he does wear shorts. And um, yeah, she never really responded to that, but I know what she was thinking. <laughs> the way we dress for church, the kind and the volume of music we play, how the sanctuary looks is very subjective and can be honestly be a barrier for some people. For us, we've always wanted to make this time and this place as welcoming as possible. We have a sign at our church, at our church property that says, just show up. I think you guys have seen that before. And we want to know where does that line, where do we cross that line? Where do we cross the line from bringing a snack into church or bringing coffee into the point that you bring an entire picnic with you to church <laughs> and you make as much noise as possible? Hi, Murray. <laughs> Did you bring some to share? share? I'm a little hungry. It's been a while. That's okay. I'll pass for now. Thank you, Murray. He was going to bring donuts, but that was too tempting for me. But you get the point. This is obviously a, an extreme example, but you get the point. You know, thank you, Mark. He's always wanted to do that. <laughs> we want to make sure our space is, is as open as possible. We let people bring in coffee. We let people bring in snacks and food. But when did we go too far? Where is that line? I'm not sure where that is. Um, that's an extreme example. But have we gotten so comfortable and so at ease sometimes that we go out and get food and, and kind of not listen to the message and no longer is this time holy. Or maybe we'll stand in the back and talk during the worship songs and people around you can't hear, they can't sing, they can't engage. That distracts them from worship. Is that not holy? I mean, where is that line? And I don't know exactly where it is, but it's somewhere and I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, by the time Sunday gets here, I've heard the message multiple times. I've watched the videos. I can recite the holy Thing over and over again to you because I've seen it so many times after putting it together. But you get to a certain point by the time the third service gets here, I've often moved on to next Sunday. 
I'm thinking about what could we do better? What, what is different? You know, what do we need to do next time? And is that really making this time set apart and holy? How does it affect those sitting near me who are trying to focus and I'm talking about something else? No, it's not holy. I am trying to do better. But we all, I think, can do better at that. We all need this, we all need, we desperately need this time set apart. We need this time to be holy, to worship the Holy One. 1 Samuel 2.2, no one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Here's the thing about that scripture. God is described as the rock. Not that rock. Did I go too far? Did that cross the line? <laughs> Pastors are away. Here's the thing, though, about that scripture, in all honesty. And I've always thought about that. I've thought about the rock being a rock you put in your hand, something hard, something that lasts a long time, something that's strong. And that's what I've always thought of. But there's another way of looking at this, and from another translation. This is from the message. Nothing and no one is holy like God. No rock mountain like our God. Rock mountain, that's a whole different way of looking at it. That word actually in Greek means rocky crag. It's something like this. Look at this picture. Look at the size of that thing. Look how beautiful that is. That is who the scripture is saying God is. When they say God is our rock, that's the rock they're talking about. God is not just strong. He is powerful. He is massive. He is majestic. He is epic. He's eternal. That's the God we're worshiping. We have to get out of our heads this idea that God is some old man in the clouds walking around with a beard. That's not who he is. We have, we have as a hard time sometimes as humans thinking about who God is because we don't understand who God is. We were made in his image, but we are not him. He is the one. He is the king. He is the ruler of rulers and the king of kings. Moses got this lesson back in the book of Exodus. He's taught a lesson about God's holiness when he goes near a burning bush. God wanted to have a little chat, and he called out to Moses, but as Moses approached, he said this, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. That time Moses was spending with God was something extremely special. He was having a conversation with the creator of the universe, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And that was not just some casual conversation. It needed to be set apart. It needed to be holy. The simple act that Moses taking off his sandals made that time with him and God holy. Our holy time with God should not be limited to our time here on Sunday mornings at church. It can be anywhere. I'm going to say that again. Our holy time with God should not be limited to our time here at church. It can be, it should be anywhere. This is a holy place for me. There's a picture coming up here in a minute. There we go. This is the view from a gazebo on the Rehoboth Bay where I go to be with God. This is to me is a holy place. Once a year I go away for three days, just me by myself. And that is my time to reconnect with God. I unplug, I actually turn off my text messaging, all the emails, everything is off. It is the only time I truly, truly disconnect from everything. Because that time to me is time to spend with God. I sit on that gazebo and look out over that water. Sometimes I pray, sometimes I sketch, I talk to God, I read his word, and sometimes I just sit there and weep. That is my holy time with God. 
I don't spend the whole time right there. There's other stuff that I do, but that is my time to seek out God. The first time I ever went and did that, I felt really selfish. Here I am leaving my wife and kids to go away to do something just for me. And I knew that it was, had been told it was a good thing to do. Bill Hybels has talked about this. I've read other books about how important a sabbatical away will be for you. And that was kind of my, my clue this was the thing to do. But I underestimated what, would God, what God would do to me while I was away. I cannot tell you how much that has benefited me. Not just to recharge my batteries, not just to have some quiet time to think, but to really grow, grow closer to him time to really reconnect with him, time to talk. I've had one of the biggest revelations I've ever had in my life from that time away with him. That time to me is extremely important. We all need to find a time and a place to connect with God, to find a time that is holy with him, a time set apart from the stuff of our day, away from the phones, the noise, the chores, the distractions that separate us from God. We need that time. Maybe for you, it's a particular chair in your house that you go to spend time with him. Maybe it's a place you go for a walk. Maybe it's sitting in your car for a few minutes before or after work to really just sit and talk to God. It doesn't have to be three days away. Just some time devoted to him, focused on him, set apart, a time that can change your whole day and your whole outlook. Or for me, it changed my life. No matter where you are or when it is, I encourage you, I implore you, find a time and a place and make it holy. Set apart and reverent. Talk to God. Listen to God. He is the rock. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Savior, and he is your friend. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to cry on his shoulder. He loves you dearly more than you or I could possibly even imagine. He needs that time with you just as much as you need that time with him. Let's pray. Father God, it's, it's hard to find holy time. There's so many things fighting against that time, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that all of us here will make that time with you holy. Not just here at Connection, but wherever we go, Lord, that we find a time and a place that we can be with you, then you can be with us, Lord, and that time is just set apart in something where we just feel like we have to take our sandals off to connect with you. Lord God, as we go through this day, Lord, I just pray that you continue to, to bless all that goes on here and that you are able to draw us in to be your friend. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.